video podcast. <laughs> Who better? I'm your king of bad taste. <laughs> well, kiddies, with that, here's your host to put a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 203 of the Bad Taste Video Podcast. I'm Mike. I'm here with my Hollywood Hanoi homeboy, Mr. Grizz. What, what did, you, what did you just call me? <laughs> you're, the, you're the Hollywood Hanoi homeboy. Okay. Come on, man. I, th- I think that works this week. That, that, that has a good tie-in, I think, to what we got going on. It, well, I feel like if people saw me before we like actually started recording it's like maybe like 20 seconds before we start the show it's like okay i gotta think of a of another nickname for my man (laughs) and it it looks like nicholas cage and gone in 60 seconds the the fucking he's he's like when when they're listening when they're listening to the music and he's just like standing there and he's like okay let's do that's 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 exactly what it's like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh mr grizz episode 203 i can't believe we're already you know we're so Into far this. removed from from the bicentennial geez now we gotta do three in. fucking oh we got so many more till 300 jesus but we do not have that many more until june 15th which is our next live show dude i am so yes excited like i love doing these normal weekly shows that we do but there's just something so fucking special and fun about those live shows that we've been doing i think i like the the chat involvement in the show is wonderful right you got people telling us to fuck off or whatever and <laughs> yeah suck a caribou's dick or whatever i, I think that's it we have like we have our fans are fucking awesome for one thing because they completely Very understand yeah they completely understand who we are and like they know what we're get, like, what we're about what they're gonna get and they are exactly like what we are in a nutshell. Like we are the uh, a combination of the fan base, I think, in a way. Because when you read those chats, I'm telling you, anybody who hasn't been a part of these live shows, you have to be because the chat itself is fucking ridiculous. These scumbags yeah, yeah. are completely awesome, and I love them. <laughs> We're like their avatars. That's what it is. Like we just we channel their energy and just broadcast it out. Hey man, somebody's got to do it. Why not us, right? Two fucking idiots going at it on uh, for the love of the game. I, man. I was gonna, I was, no, I was gonna say the the information superhighway, but uh, I, it's not 1995, right? When they used to call the internet that, right? Fucking Ugh. dial up. Dude, I, I, you know, I got something that I, it'll, it'll come into play later on in the podcast, but it has to do with like late nineties internet. And I think you're going to crack the fuck up when you hear this. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to wait for that. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit later, but Mr. Grizz this week, we watched a very special movie. One of your favorite movies of all time right like absolutely on your top 10 top 10 possible top five movie every time i watch it it's like a it's like a remembrance of why it is a movie that's in my top favorite movies of all time because it's something that if somebody were to ask me oh name like your fucking favorite movies i would constantly forget to put this in there but after i watch it i'm like oh 
God damn you. This is exactly what I want in a movie. I, I will say this. This is my favorite action movie of all time. Really? Yes, that is really? very true. That's a hard statement, but like that that in my heart, that's how I feel about this movie, man. Why don't you tell the people and what we're course, watching this week? We are talking about the nineteen eighty-four low budget shot on sixteen millimeter, I believe. Combat shock. So Holy shit. Dude. This so movie underrated. is is a huge downer, and of course we love movies like this. It's the <laughs> real world, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. Not that bullshit Hollywood stuff. This is the real world. I am a complete sucker for any movie that gives me a beautiful dissension into madness. That's like one of my favorite things to witness in film, especially if it's done right. And the the madness that occurs with our main character in this movie is is poetic and yeah. brutally honest and fucking awesome and like you said it is a downer of a movie man yeah i'm not gonna say this was based on a true story but this is definitely based on like reality things yeah things that have happened to these like vietnam vets and people that came back like with ptsd and shit and in by no means are we making fun of this shit it's not it's not a funny thing PTSD is real. We, oh, you know, yeah. we're not doing it in that sort of way. But this movie is so fucking ridiculous at points. Like you gotta laugh because it's just if you don't, you're gonna just feel terrible, right? It's one of those movies. Well, that's the thing, man. I think not to be like, like so not to be like in an insensitive way, but for fans of movies like this, we understand the depravity and the the heaviness and the realness of what is kind of being you know story told to us but there's a charm and there is like an understanding of the silliness that's also what you have to go through to put this kind of movie out man and it, it takes a yes anyone who's gonna like this movie is gonna see both sides of that yes uh by 2022 standards this is still a ridiculous low budget movie from the 80s so oh, yeah. you know you got to take everything with a grain of salt and this one is uh, it's it's a it's a unique movie and i feel like because we've done um another similar movie we're gonna have a really good time in comparing the two yeah, I already and i'm not know, gonna say sure. it yet yeah i'm not gonna say know. it yet but something else I want to mention is we're just moving burrows this week. We're going to Staten Island. Yeah, we just for this the one. That's and now we're yeah, in a total different part yeah. of New York City. This this whole thing was uh, filmed in Staten Island, the swamps of Staten Island. The uh, I don't I don't know what the fuck you want to call it, but Are you they the radiation, can tell the swamps of Staten Island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all filled with garbage dumps. Yeah. <laughs> it stinks. I don't know if it still Bodies. stinks, dude. Just so much traffic. Just come on. It it's probably what, stinks. I, like, <laughs> I I uh, was watching a video. I think uh, I think maybe the hog sent it to me, and it's like a guy interviewing people in New York. Like, hey, what's the worst borough in New York? Everyone's like Staten Island, Staten Island, Staten Island, Staten Island, Staten Island. And then the guy the guy goes like the Bronx. He's like the Bronx. It's like, what about Staten Island? And he goes, 
Oh yeah, fuck Staten Island. <laughs> like, <laughs> I totally forgot about that dump. I've only known one person from Staten Island, and that kid was a total tool. So I guess like, <laughs> if that holds up, then it might be the dump of New York City. If from the depictions in the film that we just watched, it would definitely. It seem literally that was. Way. Well, it literally yeah. was. But um, this movie, Combat Shock, uh, a trauma team production. Now, was it? You know. Like, then, wait, let me I, look at I the. Don't, uh, I don't believe so. I think this is one of those films that like trauma picked up, and because this was made in '84, but it wasn't released on tape until I believe '86. And that's yeah, when that's like, what my trauma tape was, is here. That's when trauma picked up a lot of stuff like uh, Bloodhook, I believe, was another one they picked up at that time period that wasn't an original trauma film, but it became a you know trauma films presents. Oh no, it is. It is. is it really? Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hers presents on, the- a trauma team release, Combat Shock. See, no, no, I still don't believe that that's. Like, I don't believe they're the like the producers and stuff of this executive film. executive producers. Come on. In, yeah, in executive 80- producers. Lloyd Kaufman. Pro- I stand corrected then because I would not have guessed that honestly from the time period because it it does say distributed by Troma Entertainment. See, no, 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 dude. I am I'm telling you right now that's not 100 percent accurate. That's who produced that tape, that release of Combat Shot on Prism Entertainment was Troma Entertainment because this was produced by the the writer and director himself. This is 100 percent a low budget film. That trauma. Yes, bought. you're right. I I didn't even think about it like that. I didn't think about like the. Uh, let's see, executive producer assistant. Uh, yeah, I I don't. Yeah, he they didn't have anything to do with this. I watched the yeah. fucking like 25 minute documentary. And, like they don't even mention fucking trauma yeah, at all. Uncle, Uncle Lloyd's so not that, in that. Like I said, they bought a ton of great movies, Bloodhook and shit like that. Like I said, but they just knew it fits their catalog. How and and what I. <sighs> See, now I'm wondering, too, because I mentioned the soundtrack in this movie and how great it is, and the soundtrack is very trauma-esque, so I don't know if that was added for the release of the film, if the original, you know, Combat Shock, because it wasn't even called Combat Shock. Um, It wasn't an American Nightmare, I think was the original name of this. Yeah. So uh, there's probably an American Nightmare cut that has a totally different soundtrack, but the Combat Shot that was released from and produced by Lloyd Kaufman had to have been done with this soundtrack because this is no dude it's his brother what's that it's 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 uh buddy's brother rick giovina <laughs> giovinazzo did, did the, the music, music for this because he's a huge music producer now in hollywood dude he does like star wars movies and shit like that like that dude's yeah, like so that makes killing it that, yeah so that makes sense he did it i wonder dude, if this like, whole thing is just his whole family Cause like, but doesn't the music sound like a fucking trauma like soundtrack? Like it's very th- synth heavy, but like in a goofy way. I think it's just like that that time period and yeah. like a lower budget. It was re- remember trauma wasn't like trauma now or trauma oh, right. of like you know the he- like the heyday. So they were still doing low budget shit, and who knows? This dude may have done their music you know what i mean oh, like for you, sure that's very that's actually very could, possible there, there could have been a relationship there let me let me take a look at this uh this guy's thing composer ricky ogilvias whatever this dude's fucking dude he's he's done music for everything all these like disney movies like you know kung fu panda pirates of the caribbean and shit sherlock homeless bunch of cool stuff man so he's, he's about it I don't hey, see that's, 
Man, his fucking IMDB is huge. Austin Powers. There we go. This dude. You know what? Beverly Hills Ninja. That that wraps it up for me. This dude is awesome. Oh my god, really? Yeah, he did the music for Beverly and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So this dude, dude has been involved in some awesome shit. And he all started with combat. Combat was <laughs> such a. Do- this is the only movie that guy has acted in, and it is like so. Imagine being that dude. Like he's works in Hollywood now around all these like big shot producers and all these people. He's like, oh, what have you ever done besides you know? It's like, oh, I acted in a movie once. Fucking combat yeah. shock where it's an abysmal fucking story. Well, no, dude, I guarantee you that there's like tons of people that would like run into him and be like, hmm. You got to face that. I, remember, know, pal. I, I know you from somewhere. It's like, yo, were you in combat uh, shock? He has to. Cause and he's I such a rememberable I guarantee face. You, dude, I, I guarantee you people would be pumped to find that out because if you went and like saw this movie like you're probably uh kind of fucking a little twisted imagine seeing this like in a theater like if it was like released like that man it would be a wild experience i'd love to see this on a big screen i would i would love to see this on a big screen too i wonder if prints exist because you know they they always end up eventually doing it especially like trauma stuff like you get all like the reboots and like the they've re-releases probably, they have a bunch of trauma nights at Mahoning they've probably done it before I just don't live close enough to a fucking attend every weekend as I'd like to so yeah I wonder, I wonder if uh, oh there let's see original th- so this there was I believe a limited release for this yeah, I'm sure it was theaters. like I'm, I'm sure like you know locally, New York City 40, and shit like that. Forty thousand dollar budget, es- estimated budget, um, doesn't give any sort of box office numbers or anything like that. But I believe there was like a small release. I, I don't know who the fuck would have known about this thing coming out, <laughs> right? Like what a fucking movie. I, what a f- it got mixed reviews it says upon release which is completely understandable like imagine not having any idea what you were going into you're under the, the like the premise oh this is going to be like an action movie or some shit like that based on the, the poster nope. and everything speaking of the poster i have the original one sheet yeah there oh, behind me yeah. baby i love that poster that's and, a sick uh, poster and like you go into this theater and you have to come out either absolutely loving it or being petrified by what yeah, you just witnessed. Like, man. Yeah, like, scarred for life. Yeah, like you're not going <laughs> to sleep tonight. So. <laughs> you know what? Let's hit the trailer and let's get into this movie because it is weird as fuck and there's a ton to talk about. The fight. The killing. The main. The torture cages. They were the easy part of combat shock. Meet Frankie Dunlop, decorated war hero, ex-prisoner of war. But when he returned home, nothing had prepared him for the nightmare that would follow. Combat shock. What do you want, a broken arm? Yeah, let's break his arm. He found society and turned against him. 
His job was gone. Doesn't look any better, sir, Frankie. There's nothing here for you. They want experience. You don't have the skill. The chemical warfare that had poisoned Vietnam was now poisoning his family. Hey, just shut up. You know what it was like out there. You know what you were exposed to. His childhood friend had become a desperate junkie. And the sweet little girl next door was being forced to sell her body in the gutter. Hey, Miss, you want a date? That's no way to behave. Combat shot! Frankie tried to stand up to the skull. Any idea what you're doing to that kid? Hey, get the fuck out of here, man! Hey, you leave my wife out of this! But he found that life in the streets was more treacherous than the jungles of Vietnam. Stop my ass. Shut up, bitch! What are you doing with that girl? What are you trying to do, Mike? Then your crime's on me? Combat shot! It followed him everywhere. Combat shot! Was it a nightmare or a reality? The battlefield may have changed. But the war was still on. Combat shot. More action than Rambo. More terror than the Terminator. I love you. More gut-wrenching violence than Commando. Explosive film you'll never forget. Combat Shock. Combat Shock, a movie about a guy coming back to his terrible life in New York after serving in the Vietnam War. Um, this movie has a lot of shit that I feel like you'll end up seeing in other movies or have seen in movies before this. And it's very specific things like this guy, Frankie has like a wife and they have a kid that's born deformed because he was, uh, you know, in Vietnam, he was exposed to agent orange and all this stuff, but it's almost like an eraser head. Oh, dude, it's totally like an eraser head baby for sure. Where, the baby does not stop crying. It has like an otherworldly like cry. It's not a regular baby sound. It's actually, it's like the director's voice um, sped up and played backwards or something like oh. that. And that's what gives it that weird like warble type. Uh, I don't know. It's like a, just such a strange alien sound. And it's, it's coming gray. from this, yeah, this gray <laughs> alien looking baby. It's like, you feel bad. Like, you feel bad for the baby because it's just like there existing in this terrible life. But it, it really is like a racer head where it starts like grating on Frankie, like on our main character. It's just making everything worse, right? Like, just terrible, terrible living circumstances. I'm convinced the baby is why Troma bought the film to release. Because there is nothing more trauma in this movie than that fucking baby. It looks like straight out of any other one of their films. Because it's just this like wet, 
weird fucking little humanoid. Thing. Yeah, it's it looks just strange. It, it like has the shape of a baby. It's not like yeah, a yeah. racer head where the thing's like a monster looking deal. No, it's baby. It has the shape of a baby, but yeah, it's like got a gray face. It's all like melted looking. It's really kind of disturbing look. Like it's what do they call that? Uh, Uncanny Valley. Yeah, dude. Where it's it, like, like it's human, but not. It's just it's everything that ugh. a baby is, but like none of the edibility of like a normal baby. So it's really hard to put my finger on what really grotesques me about it. But it's just fucking gross looking, dude. Like it's sl- it's great and slimy. Remember we were talking about that weird meat from Pennsylvania, fucking Scrapple. The other day, yes. bro, and I yeah, sent that yeah, picture yeah, yeah. in the group chat of the fucking gray hunk. So if you don't know, this is a regional thing, and what it what it's called is Scrapple, and I guess it, from what I've been told, it's like a Dutch Amish thing or something like that, but it's like all the little tidbits from the processing of meat, different kinds Ugh. of animal, but all the little scraps, hence the name Scrapple, like pressed into a, a Spamish type loaf. loaf. Right, and it's fucking gray, and it's gnarly and slimy, bro. And that you put like eye holes in a little mouth hole and a and a brick of scrapple. That's what this fucking baby baby is. So if you don't know what it is, Google scrapple and put some fucking eyes on it, and you'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah, it's like a moldy meatloaf type thing. It's really bro nailed it. Moldy meatloaf. That's exactly what it looks like. Hundred percent. A meatloaf with jaundice. That's like what it looks like. I like at one point too, like the wife and him are fighting and he's like, I don't, I'm not even sure if it's mine. And she's like, only you like this thing can only come from you flipper monstrosity that I got. (laughs) And he's like, oh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't drop that shit on us. She's like, okay, GI Joe. (laughs) What uh, this movie is so fucking cool because of the way that it starts draws me in so much, man. It starts with like a flashback of like, you know, Vietnam shots. There's something so like an endearing to me about low budget war reenactment where it's just like powdered smoke grenades going off and like flash caps that are planted in the ground. It makes me want to make a low budget war movie so much just to play with those little explosion things because it looks so cool. But like you get those things going on and it has his voiceover and his narration throughout this movie is what I love so much about it because it's so dark. It's there's no it's like if fucking Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh was a fucking person and just like talking throughout the whole movie, man. I I love that. I go back. (laughs) I love it. He's just like so down. Uh, The the whole time, basically, in this movie, like people are just telling him to like, get over it. Like, get over it. Like you're you're home. Get over it. Yeah, you're over trying to tell him like I. He's like trying to tell him like I I can't like I keep having like flashbacks and shit. It's like every night I go back there like every night I see like the fucking bodies and I hear the screams and all that stuff. How about those body shots when he's like the the beginning when they're walking he's like walking back through the brutal scenes and there's like people torn in half and shit. It looks so good. I'm like yo this is like this is really believable war shit going on here. I I, I really dug it. He's like really twisted looking too. Like this whole time, he, he oh. looks like he's like a crackhead. And right? it gets like worse. He's all like, like throughout yeah. the film, he gets like worse and worse looking, and like just sicker and sicker. And I, I, that adds to the dissension into madness about this film that it just draws me in. 
Yeah, like his buddy, Mike, right? Is like, I, was he supposed to be like a war buddy? Yeah, right? He yeah, was supposed to be somebody he knew from over there. But he's like a heroin addict, right? And he's like, I got $100 a day I need to like fucking survive. He's fucking and they show him like people. going to, Ugh. yeah, they show him going to rob somebody and everything. Eventually he gets the hot shot from the drug dealer slash pimp slash general scumbag. <laughs> yeah, right? all like, good guy ugh. in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh man. And like Frankie finds him dead and all that stuff. This guy literally is living like the worst possible life you could live, right? Like no money, no job. He's trying to get a job. He goes to the unemployment office. He goes to the, you know, all that shit. And guys like, you got no skills. Like, what am I supposed to do? You got no skills. What's great about it is that you, all of this happens and like, you see the progression of all this throughout a day. It's all based around this one day of misery for this guy. And and I think like the key things that we're leaving out about his military service that's like really making it. Yeah, he served in Vietnam. He was exposed to these chemicals, but he was a fucking prisoner of war for 3 years. And then as the movie progresses, we turn we like all this shit, you know, comes to the surface about how he lost his mind over there and turned on his own platoon shot his own men and was fucking took off running and that's how he got captured so like he's got these like deep-seated secrets and these these fucking like just painful memories like you said ptsd and shit that he's dealing with and then we get this hellish day where he owes these people fucking money he's getting evicted his wife is bitching at him about his fucking flipper kid he can't get a fucking break man and it's just so heavy that i'm like man i get it there's days where I'm just like, fuck this shit, man. And like, it feels like I may not be going through all the same things he has, but there's everyone can relate with just having a day where everything feels like it's too fucking much, man. And like, yeah, it's this so is relatable. Like, this is like legit everything that everything. could go wrong. Yeah. Literally everything. He finds his only his like only real friend dead right uh his dad he calls his dad for help and his dad's like i can't help you i have no money like his dad used I to be rich. dead yeah yeah and his dad thought he was dead this whole time and the dad's just like i can't do it again i can't go back and he hangs up the phone hey, on him, his mom's dead him to too that day he didn't realize his yeah. mom was dead <laughs> he got a lot of bad yeah. news oh dude. my god it's fucking terrible and then, like not okay so he owes this like bad dude what was his name paco i think his name is or something like that right and like he owes him money and shit apparently a lot of money more than he's going to be able to get in one day and this dude's telling him he's like look if i if you're not going to pay me i'm going to make your fucking wife pay off the debt on the street and if your wife can't do it i'm going to get somebody to fuck your baby because there's some sicko oh out there who's going to pay to fuck your kid and i'm like how fucking twisted is this dude? they like, actually they, say it yeah they yeah like, like the, the language they use is way worse than, way that worse than what i just said yeah dude. oh my god and there's like more scenes that imply that kind of thing and it's just it's there there's is some heavy moments in this film that are dark as yeah, fuck dude there's there's one what the girl's like 11 years old there's two of them hey, you want a date fighting. yeah, yeah you want to you want a date and he's like what are you doing out here <laughs> see that's the thing with this movie like he like our main character frankie like is a terrible person in the end yeah he's a terrible person but 
it's like the circumstances of going to Vietnam, he like snapped. So like, it wasn't, I'm sure he didn't want, you know, to end up being that way and like killing all those people. Like it was something, you know, a traumatic experience that led him to, you know, this outburst or whatever, because like throughout most of the movie, he does the right thing. He tries to tell Mike, like, yo, dude, like, don't rob her. Like, that's not the way to do it. Like, you have to, you know, figure something else out. He goes to the place to try to find a job. You know, it's not like he's just, like, doing drugs on the street. No, like, he he has the best of intentions for everything, man. Like, he didn't want to call his father because his father told him that his wife was bad for him. That he, his wife was, his father was a racist, told him that he couldn't hang out with black people. All these, like, things that he had to swallow his pride that day because he knew he had to feed his wife and kids. He didn't want to call his dad, but he called his dad anyways because that was the right thing to do in the moment to make amends with a family member that could possibly help him so like you're saying he has all of like the right intentions he's just put in the worst fucking circumstances that just lead him to break again unfortunately hey does the wife allude to her being a prostitute at one point i i don't recall but I mean, it would fit the narrative of what's going on. Because like she's like, I could, I could be out there working. Oh yeah, that she, she does say that line. You're right. So yeah, and he says, and he says something like, I don't want that kind of money or whatever. Yeah, because yeah, like, she's I, saying I, to ask, ask his dad, and she's like, well, you know, I could have a different life. I could be out there working and making more money than I am, you know, than you are trying to help the family and shit. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of didn't pick up on that until like the watch for this episode but i really think that that's what she was like alluding to there um so another movie that this um movie resembles like incredibly but it was first combat shock uh, combat shock was first this movie a hundred percent is a double feature with deadbeat at dawn dude right deadbeat at dawn would be like my second favorite action film so that that's like the hard see which one for see, me now comes this is, first so this is going to be the thing like i'm a deadbeat at dawn guy i know you are you're a combat shot guy 100 and i feel like it's one of those things where it's like oh are you a deadbeat guy or are you a combat shot guy like but you love both films you don't you don't yes. there's oh, nobody who course. likes one and not the other because they're they're there's just <sighs> what it is for me about combat shock that pushes me towards this direction of of this being my favorite is the ending of this movie and just how really fucking twisted it is oh yeah the end of deadbeat at dawn is great the the action the actual action fighting scenes and stuff like that undeniably deadbeat at dawn is the better overall action film but i consider this to be an action film also but man the, the, the just the the when you think of movies like, oh, they're implying they're going to go somewhere, but I doubt they're actually going to really go there, you know, because that's too heavy of something to happen. This movie fucking takes it there, dude. The ending of yeah, Combat you Shock. Know, you know what? I feel like Deadbeat at Dawn has like a lot of fucked up shit that happens throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's not saved for the end. Like it's just like fucked up thing after fucked up thing after fucked up thing after fucked up thing. Where this, you think that like maybe you know Frankie's gonna kill the drug dealer and get his his wife 
you know, out of there. Like they're going to get all this money and First leave watch, and all that. hundred percent, dude. It's, it's a fucking right? saving grace film. It's a revenge film. He's coming to get his fucking things back in line. That's what I thought too. No. First time watching it. No, but the but the bottom drops out in this one, like Real in quick. Ter- like violently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I watched a, um, I guess like a mini documentary on this movie. You could you could find it on YouTube. It's like maybe twenty five minutes long or whatever. But apparently, fucking Van Bebs was uh, friends with Buddy. Oh, really? Like Buddy, no shit. Like Buddy, Buddy sent him Combat Shock and all that shit. So, like, he knew him. Yeah, it wasn't like they inspiration were inspiration from this film then. And he said, like, uh, Jim Van Bever, Van Bieber. I always say Bever. Um, he, I think it was him who said, like, yeah, like I watched that movie and I was like, yo, I this guy knows what's up. Like, this is it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's so funny that these movies ended up being so similar because as much as people like to copy other people it's very very hard to copy it and make an equally good movie 100 or an equally good band or an equally oh, yeah, yeah. good artist you know what i mean it's very easy to copy but it's really hard to do it in a way that people will also accept you you know what i mean and he nails it in that and i think you're absolutely right and it's because I don't look at Combat Shock and uh, Deadbeat at Dawn as like two films that are just are completely similar. I look at you know Deadbeat at Dawn as something somebody made who saw Combat Shock and took a lot of inspiration from it, but made something that's completely their own that has the same feeling as Combat yeah. Shock. You know, it has the like, same look as Combat Shock does. Like, oh, like, okay, he. this is a movie that takes place in Staten Island. Like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to fucking do one that takes place in the city that, you know, I grew up in that I know. Like, that's, this is going to take, it takes place, to me, it feels like it takes place in the same universe. Oh, as yeah. Combat Shock. Like, same time period. Dawn and Combat Shock. They could coexist. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the movies are four years apart uh, with release, but other than that, dude, these movies you could watch them back to back and you'd have no idea that it was made by two different people that's for sure it would be right you could, you could even like call combat shock and then like be you know combat shock 2 with a subtitle you know deadbeat at dawn and it'd have it be like a, another story under the same combat shock type of thing man it, it feels that similar to me in the same oh universe my god dude imagine like where you just made it where instead of him just being a piece of shit gang member he like came back vet. from Nam. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, that's that, what he got into after. And that's why he's able to fight all these people. And he's he like, experience, getting, like stabbing people up and shooting people and stuff. That is what like, would dude, take that, that movie sick. to the next level for me. For sure. That'd be that done yeah, with a combat vet. It would be. Mwah, dude, perfect. I, <laughs> I, I'm saying you like after hearing you actually say combat shock dead beat at dawn that's like the tagline it fits so good right oh my god it would make me want to see more in like the combat shock universe of like different tales of war veterans come back gone crazy what dude fuck dude what a goddamn great idea that is for a series of like to this be a a, a series to continue of different (laughs) stories like this they should have done that i love it can can you think of a third combat shock then wow. that would, would be would deadly prey vein. fit into this or is that too yeah. too far dude, dude no no combat shock deadly prey, prey. 
I think all of these <laughs> fit into because combat shock such a good fucking term, dude. Like it's it's yeah, it's oh, what they used to call man. PTSD. It's so fitting for all of the things that happen in these films. If Deadbeat at Dawn was a vet, that's the only caveat. That's dude. the caveat there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just those names that, and everything. It's so fitting. Uh, can you think of a fourth? Oh, now you're pushing me, dude. You're lucky to get a fucking that movie out of a soda like this. I could barely remember yesterday. Uh, yeah, a, a fourth one. A fourth one would be very hard to do. Not very hard there. to do, but it's I feel out like there, it's. But it's not on the tip of my tongue like that one. Like it, the problem is, is that like you want quality, like a real quality movie. Yeah, not it's got to be just, intense. You know, it's got to be low budget and it's got to be intense. And it's got to be an action movie. Right. Yeah. Heart. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be a horror film. It's got to no. know, fit this this scenario. If you could think of one, send us a yeah. DM. I'd love to hear what you yeah. guys think. We want to know. We want to know what you think Combat Shock 4 would be. Would be. In, Combat yeah, Shock 4 tagline. Oh, so man. Combat Shock. Oh. Deadbeat at dawn. Dude, God I, damn it, dude. I love that so much. It's so good. Combat Shock Deadly Prey. Yeah. Damn. It, it, it fits so well in the series. Man, but you know what? We only have Combat Shock. Yeah, that's it. But it's it's still a treasure. Grizz, let's talk about the ending. We're going to get back into a couple other things it, with so. this movie. But let's talk about the ending here. So why don't you explain the culmination of our story here? So it starts with, you know, he is on his way home and he's basically like, you know what? I have no other choice but to rob to feed my family. And he ends up robbing this chick who has a weapon. She has a gun in her purse. And he gets confronted by the fucking pimps that he owes money to. All this shit goes down. One thing leads to another. And he fucking shoots these pimps and these, you know, overall gang members who have been torturing him all day. Who have been prostituting out these kids and shit. It's just horrible people. Fucking shoots them. And that's where me and Mike were like, hey, hey, this could be the... The you know yeah, the revenge the, film the that we've been waiting for him, right? That just makes him lose it even more, man. He's fucking completely lost it now. He returns to his home, and we we go through these these scenes of like him, you know, loading the gun, putting the gun to his head. You think he's gonna kill himself, but he has this realization that when he was in the fucking jungle. Oh my god. This, this is such an important part of it to me, dude. When he was in the jungle, there was a, a, a village that he came across that they were going to go and attack. And before he got there, everyone was dead. They had killed themselves. And he had realized that by doing that, he had he had taken the joy of what they were about to do away from them. You know, they they couldn't, you know, well, rape the women. They couldn't kill them. They couldn't, you know, destroy their, their feelings and stuff by, by going in there and doing that. They took it upon themselves. So he thinks in his head now that like he has to have that mentality with his family. He can't That's the save only way them. he could save them. Exactly. He can't save his family from this fucking miserable life that they have. There's no hope. By the way, his wife's pregnant still. I f- we forgot to mention yeah. that. She's knocked up with the second flipper kid. So that's even worse things are going on. So he has the gun. He puts it to his head. You think it's the end for him? He goes over. Says the I love you to his wife and just fucking unloads into her stomach with the gun. Bro, when she falls and she starts puking <sighs> up the blood, alive. 
Yeah, and he's like, it's not supposed to be this way. Yeah, that infuriates him even more. Like, it, it makes the madness even worse that she's not dead instantly because he didn't want her to suffer. Like he said, "I love you." And he puts more. He puts more bullets. Oh in yeah, her. just starts fucking capping her left and right. And then he looks over to the flipper kid, right, and it's just fucking sitting there. And you're thinking, no way, this has to be it, right? He's not gonna fucking shoot the flipper kid. He shoots the fucking slimy gray little fucking flipper kid, dude. and you see it. And you see it. Oh, they know, there's no cutaway. It gets blasted no, it out of the it. crib. It cuts to, <laughs> to it. Yeah. And, and like, what does he do with the flipper child after he shoots it? Oh, my it? God. Puts it in the fucking oven and turns <laughs> it on. You just start seeing, like, the blood dripping out of the bottom oh. of this fucking dirty ass oven. Like, what is going on here? I was like, bro, if this motherfucker eats this child, <laughs> I am going to fucking I was, lose I, yeah. it. I, I, I did not think of that at all. I didn't uh, think that was going to happen. My first but time watching it, him. he puts it in the oven. I'm like, there's only one explanation for what's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he like pours himself like a glass of milk. Yeah. And he's like sitting there basically until the cops come. And then what happens? He shoots himself, correct? <laughs> it is brutal. And we're not you talking about like a geyser yeah, this of blood. Yeah, this isn't like, oh, here's a, a shot in the head. This is like, it's like one no. of the best. What's the other? It's a Todd Sheets movie. There's a suicide in, is it Zombie Rampage? No, it's fucking... Uh, yeah, it's that zombie yeah. rampage, right? When the guy shoots himself in the, with the I fucking can't take revolver. It anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that level of of headshot quality for me because when I first saw that, when I was like, "That's the best headshot I've seen in low budget is films," it? but this one is is easily right up there with that man. It is so Dude, quality. This, this looks like Bud Dwyer's fucking video. Only it's coming out of his head oh, and not his nose. <laughs> All right, it's it's. it's it, Honestly, it feels like I just watched somebody shoot themselves in the head. Yeah, it looks really realistic. Yeah. Like it, like the face he makes, he like flinches. Oh, and fucking just oh, and the cops burst into the door. Oh my god! It's <laughs> and that's what makes this movie so. Uh, I understand that it's hard for people to probably you know who aren't used to these kind of films to watch. But that's what makes this film so special to me, man, is that it it takes you to the edge of of being uncomfortable and then it fucking pushes you over. And you know, when a oh, when a film can do that over. And, and it's and it's still I'm still like wanting more from it, then that's how you you've you've really you've nailed it for me, man. And very few films, you know, feel this way. Uh, I, I I love the bunny game. It feels kind of like that where it's it's artistically brutal and horrible and all of the wrong things you want to happen are happening. But in the end, you're just left with this like amazing experience from watching it. So this is, this is a top, this might be a top five for me, man. The more I talk about it, the more I love it. Well, you know, as you're saying that I'm like thinking to myself, like this movie has so many like over the top things in it. And like, yeah, eventually it was bought and released by trauma and everything. And it's like, if it's almost like shit trauma would do if it was serious yes, and like not a joke, like not a gag, like just like how twisted they would do certain things. Like that's what they do in this movie. And 
there's not like over the top killing and gore throughout the whole movie. It, it's really more psychological than yeah, anything. A lot of it's in the head. It's like real, like when, you know, we normally don't say like, oh yeah, we like psychological horror films. Like this literally is like a fucking psychological horror film wrapped up in, it's like a drama. It's not even an action movie. It's, this it's is just like, like a Requiem for a dream, but with some action sequences like Requiem for a dream with like a war veteran who's having like a worse day than any of those people in that movie, man. It's it's yeah. that kind of like darkness where it's like, it's, it's a uh, thriller, right? A yeah, thriller. Yeah. 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 But you're getting like the seedy underbelly of society that isn't normally depicted in films. And like, that's why like I make that comparison because it you're, it's gritty in the sense of, they're not holding back like we talked about like the the child uh prostitution and stuff like that like these are things that most films really shy away from understandably it's not for everybody i mean it's it's a hard subject to to watch in any scenario but it adds so much credibility and realism to this film and it makes the the psychological like yeah. shit that you well, go through with it that much heavier as well. Well, that's that's the difference is that like a trauma movie, they would have like the child prostitute. And and it would be like in a, a dress. Yeah. It, yeah, it would be a gag. Or like a, like a, a, a vision like, oh, or something ha, ha, like that. Ha. Yeah. But this, it's played serious. Like 100%. it's real. And that's what. And because it's played serious and it's played like it's you know it's real then you start it's like no like that that shit really happens like this is fucked up and for somebody to put it in the movie and stuff like you know they there is no holding back in this movie oh there is zero holding back this is totally like this director's attempt to make a statement i think for sure on a lot of different things he probably had like you know there's there's a lot of social statements being made yeah. in this movie for uh, sure dude it's 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 like a very similar time period now like people in america are drowning yeah you know what i mean like there's people people lose hope and when like you fucking got nothing to lose and you're just it's madness, you know at dude. the end yeah man you, people do fucked up shit and our, our man frankie here does a really fucked some up of the shit. worst some yeah. of the worst see like i feel like this movie like he's a bad guy in vietnam obviously but throughout the movie he's basically a good guy and then he just goes nuts and then he's not a good guy at the end yes. he's like a terrible evil human because i root for him at dawn yes deadbeat at dawn is like a re- like a revenge redemption movie where like he avenges his girlfriend's death yeah. and like gives money to her sister like the sister you know what i mean like he he like and that's what i think this is going to be too he, I he think dies this is like in a good redemption, place you know and it's not yeah redemption it's not at all this no is this is just opposite. a fucking <laughs> a tale of madness yes. right oh and i wouldn't dude i see now i have a great uh thing that i want to i want to say about this movie um combat shock to me is a movie that you probably won't have a good time watching with a group of people because most people will be uh, extremely turned off 
about the subject matter of this movie. I am 100% sure some people would get offended by the baby. Like 100% sure some people would get offended by that shit. Oh, yeah. Uh, The ending would probably disturb the other people that actually decided to sit there and watch it. Right? Like, there's tons of just, like, real raunchy shit that's not, you know, really funny and... Uh, I guess every day mean spirited like stuff. like a yeah like a normal person would not find it funny like how you know we we kind of we, we walk the line there <laughs> yeah 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 but but this movie is one of those movies where I'm gonna say like you gotta watch this thing like maybe just watch it with like you know your significant other by yourself <laughs> oh feel God. it out first I would not <laughs> Don't, you got a squeamish girlfriend do not watch this with her <laughs> yeah watch this with your girlfriend or your boyfriend yeah, please t- or watch this with your boyfriend and girlfriend yeah tell them Bente you know. sent you yeah <laughs> yeah let them complain to, you know uh let's see fourth of july you're at your parents house it's raining <laughs> you got nothing to do slap on combat video, shock yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, fuck that. Put a <laughs> combat shock on. Yeah, yeah. I want I I'll show this to my parents. Oh yeah. I'll show I, it to them. I know I'll you get, would. I'll get for some sure. feedback. Oh yeah. I'll get some feedback. And something that I'm kind of surprised and I may be wrong, but it also ties into uh my little my little music review, my little uh okay. recommendation for the week. Has Mortician ever sampled Combat Shock? Oh man, there's a lot so of shit. Many samples on so every album is just like I don't. I don't think full. I've ever heard. There's some good lines I've in this ever one heard. too. Yeah, man. I, there's a ton of good lines in this, and uh, maybe we're gonna have to do it. I, I don't like know. That, we'll yeah. say yeah, yeah. But like I said, this week my album that I'm gonna be, uh, I guess, how do you, how should I say it? Reviewing, talking yeah, about this is the uh, wide world of metal that we're gonna be getting into right here, and this is yeah, gonna be Mike's yeah. edition. Meow. Every time that Mike has the uh, the wheel for this uh, this realm of the podcast, we're gonna be talking about one of the cassette tapes from his collection. Yeah. So yes, Mike, what I love you, things. Uh, I love magnetic us? tape. Yeah, <laughs> all things. <laughs> So this week is going to be Mortician Hacked Up for Barbecue. Probably um, my introduction to Mortician when I was in maybe middle school or high school um, was this album. This was the one that I grew up with. I know know people love fucking Chainsaw and all that shit. Um, They say that's the superior album. I think this one is. Now, I do not know if this originally had a U.S. cassette release, but this is from the Czech Republic. Oh, really? No shit. Yeah, they um, seem to have went a little bit harder with the cassettes over there. You know, I I don't know what was going on. Maybe they weren't really into the the CD thing at the time, because this would have been around 1996. Right. There was CD pressings, but... Yeah, yeah, but you don't, you know, I was still buying cassettes in in the late 90s. Like, I didn't have a CD player, really, or anything like that. But, you know, I enjoy collecting these. This one is pretty unique because of that. I would like to know if this did have a U.S. cassette release. If you know that, please uh, message me. So is the cover, like, in a different language, or is it still, like, the original logo and everything, or...? Cover covers the same. Hell yeah. The only thing the only thing that is actually in a, another language, which let me just double check. I recorded in a dark room. 
Um, the only thing that's in a, another language is actually like the little, like, purchase. what would you call this? Yeah, oh, like yeah, that little yeah. like proof of purchase area type yeah, thing. Bullshit. Everything else is in English. You know, it says like bass vocals and all that shit. So the thing that before I actually get into the songs in this fucking album, the thing that I wanted to say about late 90s Internet. So I always take out the J card and I go through the J card and read because I a lot of times they'll they'll tell you like what instruments they use, like yeah. what brand gear. And I'm always interested in, in that shit especially from like the nineties and the eighties. It's cool to me. And if you look on one of the sides of the J card, it says mortician care of Will Raymer, 200 round Hill road, Yonkers, New York, one Oh seven one Oh. So he was, I knew he was a New York guy. I knew he was like, I think I knew he was from Yonkers. I knew he wasn't from the Island, but um, the part that's really funny is mortician website http well i'm not gonna go through the whole yeah, thing but, um, <laughs> no d- dude members.aol.com slash cremated oh my god <laughs> and then there's uh mortician email cremated at aol.com love dude it. send an email to that See I what actually it. don't don't do that don't fuck oh, with him yeah, i don't want <laughs> yeah I don't, yeah yeah i'm actually i'm gonna ble- i'm gonna bleep that email out yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good idea dude this album is like a hundred percent filled with all i feel like the cl- like the mortician classics and the things that i feel like i always like were like was really into a lot of the music has a similar feel on these mortician albums but for some fucking reason some tracks are just like way 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 better than others you know what i mean like, i 100 percent agree just with insane. you there the, a lot of this mortician, mortician stuff does sound similar but there's something about the guitar work on this album i think that just kind of sets it apart from some of the other stuff this was my first introduction to mortician and what's special to me about this band, this is this is one of my all-time favorite bands, man. Uh, this band is what intro- kind of introduced me to what the other side of heavy music was and could be. You know, from this yes. became my love of gore grind, which led to my love of porn grind, to, to making that kind of music and just being kind of obsessed with it for a long time. Uh, and I would have never got into that kind of stuff without the the transition of of that mortician allowed for me man because this was the first time i'd heard like drum machines being used in a way that was good the you know like that i could i was considered acceptable for my kind of music um besides like godflesh i can't think of many other bands that really can, can do it justice and man like the vocals for the first time hearing mortician vocals i was like what the Whoa. fuck is this? There's this crazy guttural vocal and these chainsaw fucking guitars going on. And it's it's, it's, just it's so deep. It's amazing. It's so it, like it blew my young thick. mind, dude. And it, it completely opened doors for me. So this album in particular holds a very special place in my metal heart. Yeah, this this one also has a lot of cl- like clips or um, whatever samples from movies that I really like um apocalyptic devastation it's fucking road warrior baby oh yeah he's doing the whole mad max you know 
regular men were battered and smashed like all that shit like i love that um was it cannibal feast it's cannibal ferox and he and ate his genitals like all that shit there's so many good songs on this fucking uh album it's just one after the other it's crazy i mean for me it all comes down to the last track mortician with the fucking phantasm intro dude it's it's so fitting to end on that that song and it it has that just that is the perfect culmination of this album and i also love witches coven because the the fucking what is it Suspiria the sample in the beginning of that is, is super fucking recognizable and the first time I heard yep. it I'm like that's the fucking movie because that's the thing for me when I was younger like I had just kind of seen a lot of these movies for the first time and then I'm hearing this album and I'm like oh I fucking just saw that movie I remember that and it was really exciting to feel like there was a band out there that was connecting to the same kind of things that I was into so something I'm gonna say is that mortician is not on this it's not so now here this is this is the thing i'm gonna oh i love talking about this now come on so how so how most of us listen to a lot of these albums is through itunes and things like that very hard to get a hold of certain cds i used to just i i mean i'm not gonna say that i was stealing music but like i would just fucking get mixes from people now if you look on spotify and itunes right now what you're gonna probably see is hacked up for barbecue with the zombie apocalypse um ep oh combined that's that's so that's part of that yes now that one we're gonna get into that one one of these weeks wink wink but um (laughs) A lot of these things, they'll do things like House by the Cemetery is like a mix of House by the Cemetery and something else. Like, the you could get a cassette that has House by the Cemetery and Zombie Apocalypse on it. Like, shit like that. Because, bro, it's first time I downloaded this, I, I think it was like LimeWire or fucking Bear Share or something like that. That's how I got this album. It was, it was fucking like, what was it, like 23, 24 tracks or some shit? All of it yeah, labeled under Hacked Up for Barbecue. This one ends on Annihilation. Now, I don't know if the American CD maybe has it on there. I'm, you know, I don't know the specifics on that because I'm not a CD collector. See, never I, was. Yeah, me never, neither, man. I don't you know. collect CDs. I don't collect vinyl or anything like that. I just, I've, you know, I've loved music my whole life. I've just never really been the type to keep a bunch of physical media for it around. I've just always had access to what I wanted, so... Okay, so look, I'm guessing the American release has it. It has 24 tracks. Mine doesn't have that on here. No shit. Yeah. So now say, I gotta, I've I always to go. known Mortician to be on this album, for me personally. That's just kind of always what I've ended this album with. Yeah, that's not on here. I didn't even realize that. I mean, I'm gonna dude, have that, to listen to this now. Fucking I'm gonna have to go through it. Boy. Come on, that, that, that clip is so good. <laughs> dude, I love that all the early Mortician demos and shit have like the tall man on it and it's, stuff. Yeah, it's so it's right sick. up your it's alley, so dude. <laughs> it's so sick, dude. Mortician, like you said, man, one of my favorite bands. If you go back and like, I was doing like the meat grinder for a while, like this is a, lot a of huge, it sounds, yep. huge fucking influence on me. 
huge influence on our podcast, right? I was like, gonna say this dude, is how many use this their music for so many different things, man. Like this, that's probably the official band of the podcast is Mortician. <laughs> I have a giant fucking mortician logo in the back window of my truck, dude. This yeah, is dude. like our fucking band. Well, here's the thing that I want to say. You know how I always will say when we talk about Return of the Living Dead, like, yeah, the soundtrack of that movie got me into like all those bands. Mortician got me into a lot, a lot of, of movies. movies, dude. That That's it, too. Because like, I was just saying. I was listening to this for the first time when I was watching a lot of these movies for the first time and I would recognize a lot of the clips, but then there was, there are songs where I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking recognize that. that. So I'm asking people, I'm fucking, you know, trying to figure out, I'm, I'm renting movies, listening for fucking, oh, is that from one of those songs, you know, because it all becomes an obsession, you know, it all like the heavy metal and, and the horror for me were all just like intertwined. It became such a, a passion that like one drove the other, just like you're saying. So, and, and Mortician was a huge fuel because it was the first band where I ever heard them incorporate a movie clip into like one a song before. I never heard too much of that. You know, a lot of bands have done it since. It's become a kind of a big thing. But Mortician for me was like the introduction to that. And I'm like, dude, this is so, this is so unique and awesome to what I'm about. And especially the time period that they were coming out, these songs. And like, there wasn't like Instagram or, you know, you were tape trading, you were going to the video store, like looking shit up. Like there was, you know, the internet was around, but it wasn't as like robust. I wasn't Googling or asking Jeeves what the fuck, you know, the song from Mortician album clip came from. I, I didn't, it wasn't really a reality at the time. Dude, that's what makes seeing that picture of Will with the shotgun in front of the Gates of Hell poster so cool. That it's like, dude, this guy had that poster like before it was fucking. Yeah, yeah, like before we all thought it was like fucking badass and all. This guy had that shit (laughs) ready. He's why we think he's badass, dude, because we see him in front of that fucking poster. (laughs) And then we watch the movie. We're like, dude, this fucking movie rules. Um, I'm sure three on a meat hook also that that song is like one of their best songs of all time oh man three on a meat hook is good um morbid butchery is good uh what's the other one that I fucking really love on this oh fog of death fog of death the fog it's one of their it's like the, <laughs> one of the longer songs on this album too and I, it's but dude it's like even their longer songs where you're like, oh, I'm not really used to this kind of thing from Mortician, but all of them awesome. are fucking awesome. Yeah, dude, after three, you know, it was like three or four minutes long. I'm still like, dude, this, this is fucking going. Shit still. rules. Because like these, are, these albums are so good to me because they're the kind of thing where I can start on track one and I listen all Just the way through. Roll. I don't have to fucking skip anything. Like, they, no, like dude, there's a few bands that do that. Like for me, it's like this band, Pig Destroyer. A lot of their albums I can put on track one, listen all the way through, and I'm left with just like, God damn it, I want more of that album, you know? And this, dude, 24 tracks, and I'm still fucking wanting more from backed up from Barbecue. So that's, dude, that's like all the, even in the newer Mortician albums, like the ones that came out in the 2000s and shit, like even those are good. Yeah. What's the, what's the one, Darkest Day? Right? Like, um, the one with the zombie on the cover yeah dude they got the sauce yeah, darkest, man they know darkest what they're day doing. of horror dude they, they got the 2003 recipe, shit ripped and they hell fucking yeah, nail dude. it every time dude that hell yeah that guitar tone like a, like a fucking buzzsaw from hell is just so unmistakably like 
fucking mortician, dude. I just, I love that tone. They somehow, like, capture bass so well also on all these fucking recordings. And the bass it's is so a buzzsaw. Deep. It's insane. Dude, wait till you come down here for VHS Fest and I'm playing these on the fucking, on, like, the home fucking theater system. The cassette. <laughs> Just how it's supposed to be heard. You're going to be like, hell yeah, dude. You're going to oh, love it. I'm going to bring the fucking uh, the baritone bass down with me and we'll fucking hook it up. Let's <laughs> see if we can get that tone going. I think we could do it. Oh, I think yeah. we could do it. So, uh, Chris, I think that wraps it up this week. Uh, where could they find you on the internet? You could find me on Instagram at Kane underscore enabler. And you can find me at Bad Taste Video, and you can find everything we do at www.badtastevideo.com. Remember to join us, uh, what did we say, June 15th? It's going to be a 15th, Wednesday night. Yes, 8.30 yeah, Wednesday, p.m. Wednesday night, twitch.tv slash badtastevideo. Go follow us now. You'll see when we go live. We're getting better at this live thing. We're going to be covering nineteen, the year 1980. In horror. In horror. And it's, we're going to talk about everything that we could possibly find. Our favorites, your favorites, if you tell us fucking ahead of time. Yep. Uh, 1980, a great year, man. I was not alive yet. Not even close. Uh, another six, seven years before I would be uh, brewed into existence. But I think it's a very, uh, it's a formative year for horror. And I think we're going to have Transitional a, really, year. a really fun talk about uh, some true classics that I uh, are, you know, genre defining i think you can say yeah yeah and i feel like you know that early 80s very hit or miss oh yeah so uh there'll be some snoozes you know, we'll talk about too for sure yeah yeah and of course we don't get along when it comes to 1980s horror so it's going to be a great time <laughs> i really highly yeah. yeah i really highly suggest it uh grizz before we leave i just want to say i passed out last night i know dude my wall. what the fuck is going on you're Dude, I'm, t I'm pissing I'm boulders. You're passing out. I'm taking a leak all of a sudden. I'm like, oh, I'm starting to gray out here. And if you don't know what graying out is, it's like you're not just out cold. You start seeing like stars. You're saying, and, like, you your do. You gets more. You do see fucking stars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bro, and for I, sure. I was, like, I was like aware that it was starting to happen. So like I put my shit away. And I went to go like kneel down because I'm like, I'm going down and I don't want to fall from fucking six feet. So I, uh, I like kneel down. I wake up. I'm fucking on the ground making some weird fucking noise. It's like, oh my God, did I just have a heart attack? And your girlfriend like, oh, was no, my arm, my arm's fine. Everybody, <laughs> dude, everybody, my parents are like, like, you got to go to the doctor. You got to go. I'm like, I don't know. I was, I was probably just dehydrated or something. Like, it's nothing. So if you don't hear another episode from us after this, it's because it was something. It was, in fact, something. <laughs> I, I want that on my fucking tombstone. Yeah, it, it was, was something. in fact, it turns something. Out it was something. I'll well, make everybody, it happen, this is, See, this is... I'm going to get real with you for a second. This is why living in america is fucking a twisted oh, existence horrible because <laughs> my my kidney stone and this i go all right i really should go to the doctor but my health insurance still wants me to pay 20 percent of the bill or something like that like yep. you know god forbid i go to the hospital and they keep me there for observation for two days because they don't know oh is it a heart condition all of a sudden i gotta pay nine thousand dollars it's, it's like 
What a terrible existence. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing I learned a long time ago is you just give them motherfuckers five bucks a month and they'll never put yeah. you in debt. Yeah. So <laughs> I'll be owing medical bills for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's the payment plan, baby. That's, right. that's all terms. I can do. Sorry. Pay, pay your bills. That's just right. in smaller increments. It's very small. <laughs> the U.S. way, um, goddammit. Yes. Uh, I just want to say also, again, before we leave, we will be at VHS Fest. Slanging tapes. Slanging merch. Slanging everything. Do we should tell uh, them about the, the one-of-a-kind item they can get at VHS Fest? That will be I'm not giving them my kidney stone. Get the fuck uh, out of here, dude. Dude, the burnt nerd. Everyone's been asking for it. I just figured we'd let them know. <laughs> get that shit going. No, I don't want to divulge anything else in case we end up forgetting and or just deciding to Fair not enough. do it. So Fair let's enough. be realistic. We want to be real with our... With our uh, with our audience here sometimes we say things and they, it just doesn't happen and it's not because we don't want to it's because <laughs> we just forget yeah. all right so and we will see you guys next week thanks for joining us if you end up watching combat shock you might want to start taking zoloft yeah. probably don't about blame two me. weeks before <laughs> yeah don't blame me if you have a fucking ruined night and or your wife divorces you and or husband divorces you and or whatever divorces or thank you. me if that's the case i don't know oh, yeah well yeah maybe a, maybe a, a blessing in disguise who knows you have two you have two ways out divorce or death right hey. which one's easier which one's least expensive <laughs> i don't know about that nowadays man i worked in the biz hey you're dead it's, it's not your problem anymore it's not your <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh but they'll just throw you in like potter's field they'll just throw you like in a ditch it's like yeah well i'm not gonna be visiting me so i don't really <laughs> give a care. shit <laughs> hey i got my burial plot man i'm already in i got oh, yeah? my spot you're good to go oh hell yeah Hey, when I'm when I'm dead in you know uh, seven years, uh, I want to know that I have my spot there. That I'm not gonna end up like fucking under an overpass somewhere. You know, sure. I want to be burnt, dude. Legit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can still be... have a burial spot. Really? Yeah. I figured you're just fucking. Hell yeah. Just leave me in the fucking burn pile. You know. <laughs> I'm, I'm good there, bro. Don't worry. I got I got big plans no, for you, man. I'm looking hoping, at how to make a lot. I'm going to make a lava lamp out of you. That's <laughs> All right. Now we're getting kind of dark. Let's get the fuck out of here. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.